and Shearer. It's Shearer for Newcastle. The way he brought that down was fabulous. Cantona. Oh, Aguero. Only football can make you feel like this. So you can watch this United team. They could, they could go. They could beat Tottenham two or three nil at home, and it still wouldn't impress you. That, that's just the impression they give. I don't think you can blame the manager too much today. He, he sent a team out there and individual mistakes were, were scary, really. People giving the ball away, Pogba giving the ball away again so much. And this is, this, this is a £90 million midfield player. He, he should be controlling games, he should be composed, he should be sh leading the rest of the players, showing them how to play. And he's constantly giving the ball away. Constantly giving the ball away. I didn't think, although he gave the ball away ever so much in that game... He had uh, that bad of a game. That might be a big call, but I thought he had good energy. Anyway, welcome to episode three of the Shooting Zars Premier League podcast. Alex Grant currently has a massive frown on his head because yeah, he's furrowed what, brow. Heard what is heard what I just said. Alex Grant, Bryce Conway, and myself, Stuart Marshall, here with you. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Slow down. You just said he had an all right game. He gave oh over twenty dear. passes away. Oh over dear. twenty passes away. All right. Without further ado, Manchester United. They've had a shocker on the weekend, haven't they? Suppose. When it comes to when at Mars, we'll just not quite have it. They're playing with 10 half the time with Mesut Ozil in their team. The worst thing you can ever be thrown at your own team or think of them as being bullied and being weak. Maybe that's, that's as good as it gets for them. Maybe that's as good as it gets for them out. We're having a barbecue or something. Let's call yeah. it <laughs> smells good in here. All right, so this is uh, the furnace, the stove pot, the stirring pot, whatever you want to call it. The this boiling kettle, if you will. boiling kettle. This is where we delve into a hot topic on the shooting czars, or with the shooting czars, rather. And this week, we're going to choose Manchester United because we spoke about it last week. What happens if they lose, I said? What happens to the hysteria around this team if they don't get a result? And boy, oh boy, they didn't get one, did they, Bryce? No, they didn't. And I, look, I think they were poor throughout. I think Lukaku looked well off the pace and had a golden chance to get them 1-0 up within 15 minutes and scoffed at the chance. And then it was Brighton from there the seagulls flocked and they looked brilliant against a very very poor united side with the uh, back four particularly woeful let me just clear off my comment at the top of the show the only reason i said pogba had a good game because he had the most energy out of a very 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 lackluster team he gave the way a ball he gave the ball away a million times i don't think he did but there was no one else in that team on the weekend against brighton that was as willing as him i didn't think Stewie, you came around to my house and we watched the Man City game and then we watched the Man United game. Yep. United would They were terrible. They were shocking. They were terrible. And I heard one pundit say last week after the game that Man United teams of old would go out and they'd get the ball rolling and they'd go at teams. They wouldn't let teams come at them. And this United team at the moment, I just don't know what's... They, they allow Brighton to attack them and to put the pressure on them. And... It was like they had a game plan and Man United were going to go off how Brighton played, not the other way around. And it was so disappointing because that's not the way Man United have been known to play in the past. Yeah, in particular, Grant, I want to talk to you as a centre-back yourself, mate. Eric Bailly and Lindelof, that's one of the worst centre-half pairings I've ever seen in a United shirt. Mm, Eric Bailly just looked like he was lacked concentration throughout. Lindelof gets brushed aside by 34-year-old Glenn Murray. And makes him look like Messi with that deaf finish to open the scoring. All right, let's I can see. I can see why they've signed them. The the kind of players they are. The, Eric Bailly, on a good day, he's great. Is unbelievable. Yeah. He's a very good player. 
but like you said, his concentration levels aren't there but for a centre back. He made how many times did he look? Too many errors. Every time oh, Brighton man. got the ball, it looked like they were going to score. It looked like man, you were going to crumble down. Like their back line just looked like they were going to absolutely crumble and roll over. Bay had so many times where he lost possession. You know, in the forward half of Brighton, look like he wasn't taking it seriously. To look, be, that's it. He, he was coasting and he yeah. was switching off and he wasn't paying attention a lot of the time. And I felt a bit sorry on Lindelof at times because on the ball he was actually great really technician. Good. Yeah, he, he was very good on the ball, and I think he's the type of ball playing centre half like like we spoke about on the last show about the modern day uh, centre half who can play out from the back. He, he's got those qualities, but defensively he's no way near mm. what you need to win a Premier League title. Um, Speaking first, no, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. that's like United. Just, if they spent, if they spent 120 million on Alderweireld and and Maguire, look, we won't be having this conversation now because you'd be looking at a solid back four. I felt Luke Shaw, he did all right, didn't do a lot long, and Ashley Young looked lost on the right. Big for, time. for a right footed player, yeah. he, he just looked totally lost because he's been so used to playing on the left for so long now. And the whole team, the whole the shape as well. Yeah, the whole team just. They were slow, second of the ball the whole game. And yes, look, let's get a bit more reaction here. This is Phil Neville after the game. I think maybe the problem, I said before the game, I was really positive before the game, maybe the problem's us, because we've been spoilt with Manchester United over the years. Maybe we're expecting Manchester United to be this team that's going to challenge Man City, Liverpool. Uh, maybe that's that's as good as it gets for them. Initial reactions from you, Alex? Um, look, I don't, I don't think it's us. I, I'm... I've accepted that United are, are trying to find the feet still and I'm not entirely convinced that Mourinho was the man, man to, to bring them back to the winning ways and winning league titles. Um, Is this as good as it gets for them? I don't think so. I think United will be back. Look, they've got money in abundance. Like, they're the richest club in the world. They're going to sign players. They're going to buy world-class players who are going to win in world titles. Look at Man City. They, they, I know everyone goes on about how good Guardiola is and stuff like that, but they've spent an absolute fortune on players over the last three years. It's, mm. You need money to win leagues. It's not just the manager. It's, yeah, it's... Yeah, Do it's you know what I mean? Science. The one anomaly was probably Leicester, and that'll never probably happen again. Big You'll time. never see a team like that win, win a Premier League. But Mourinho, let's talk about him before, before we get to him. I'm going to play this because his comments after the game have created much uh, conjecture and debate around the football world. Here they are. Look, when I speak about uh, individual performances and sometimes when I'm critic with, uh, with my players, you just uh, don't accept it. And um, the press, the pundits, they normally are very critic with me when I go in that direction. So please don't ask me to, to, to go in this direction because uh, it's not good for me. Um, so I will be very, very happy to analyse my players' performances when the performance is very good. It's a great thing for me to come in front of, uh, of the cameras and to say, player A, B, C, they were fantastic, they had a fantastic performance, is amazing for me. When um, I cannot do that, uh, don't push me to the other side because I don't go to the other side. Bryce. He's getting a bit spiky with the media now, isn't he? I think... Um it's it's an interesting tactic in that throughout the summer he was complaining how he didn't get the funds to buy new centre backs, and what always you know made me kind of react to this strangely is that Mourinho bought by, Mourinho bought Lindelof. Yep. So and these he bought good players. He and spent not on money the cheap. on yeah he spent good money on good players and they're regressing under him. Mm. And that's been a debate around Mourinho I think for the past few seasons. He's good when he's got an established bunch of players, but when it comes to developing younger players and getting players in and making them develop into better players, 
it doesn't seem to happen. They seem to regress under Mourinho. I think that's been the biggest question mark over his ability. I think I think you could argue against that though. When when you look at the likes of Lingard and Rashford, Stuart, you spoke at the start then saying that Pogba was the only one who looked like they had a bit of energy about. Lingard thought, did when he came. I thought Lingard on. came yeah, on yeah, and definitely. he, he so, certainly yeah. impressed and. And he, he buzzed around a lot. I um, don't think Rashford Rashford's well. kicked on to do enough. <laughs> in, in I don't think he way. gets enough chances, though. No, no he it. doesn't. Yeah, that's he doesn't, the thing. He doesn't play enough. And that's, that's Mourinho's choice. He started Martial, and Martial looks... That's the thing. On Martial, he's been sulking ever since Sanchez got bought because that was his position. That was taking his spot. Gets an opportunity on the weekend. I think he had one one shot on goal and one little flicker of, oh, this is what he can do. That's what he's capable of. And the rest of it was just disinterested. I think the whole shape was matter. On the right yeah. wing. Plenty going on what there. What is going on there? Yeah. Man, what's going to happen? Will Mourinho, final word here before we move on. Will he see the season out? I think, look, I'll be honest with you, I feel a bit sorry for him um, because he still delivered success, but... Third season syndrome. Well, that's it. Ultimately, it's going to come down to him losing his job because the performances don't meet the expectations of the board and the fans, and that's it. But... <laughs> Whether people accept that United aren't maybe a, a team who can challenge for the for the title at the moment, and I think that third going back to that third season syndrome, we've seen this happen at Chelsea, Real Madrid, and now at United. Now it's it's a pattern of behaviour. This happens. It's not a coincidence. So there's obviously some massive issue that happens there with him in his third season. But he's on a massive deal there, long term deal with a lot of money involved. So they're going to be very. Uh, the board Woodward, they're very. They don't want to. They don't want to get rid of him because of the investment. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see which way it goes. And we talk about him and Pogba coexisting. They're both on massive deals. It's going to be very interesting to see. I, for the sake of it, I'm going to say I don't think he lasts the season because I think that'll be a bit of fun. Yep. You think mm. he will last the season? Did you say well, that? I don't, I don't think he will. Word is that they're like Zinedine Zidane's agent has put in word and expressed interest in the job for those that may not know. So. Well, I just read before the pod that there's been no... Contact with Zidane whatsoever. There's no interest from Zidane. Just no sandbagging it. Yeah, and that's just someone stirring the pot. Okay. Vicious rumor. There you go. That um, is a vicious Rafa rumor. Rafa Benitez spread the rumor, and that was from, that was from a, that was from a United club source. But so. he's definitely on the in the market. You say that. You know what it's like with with managers and players. And yeah, a lot. Agents. But there's, there's managers out there. There's managers out there, and Zidane's one of them. All right, yeah. look, we'll leave it there. United, plenty plenty going on there. Results recap from the rest of the weekend. Cardiff and Newcastle played out a nil or draw, much to my disdain. Boring. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me, Kennedy. You're not doing us any favours. Shocker uh, there. Everton beat, uh, Everton beat Southampton 2-1 at home. Leicester beat Wolves 2-0. Jamie Vardy got a very, very, very suitable red card for his tackle. Heinous, that one. Tottenham beat Fulham 3-1. Harry Kane got that August goal. There goes that hoodoo. We've got a little stat for you around that later in the show. West Ham lost at home to Bournemouth. Beautiful tip by you, Bryce. You did call this Thanks last very episode. Much. Yeah. Uh, West Ham aren't clicking at the moment. Big pressure on Pellegrini at the moment, much like Mourinho. Chelsea toppled Arsenal 3-2 in a rather open game, as you predicted. You predicted a 2-0 draw, I think, Al. So I did. Good tip there. Um, well, I got it wrong, so it wasn't a good tip. No, <laughs> but no, no, but just the goals in the nature oh, of the right, game. Okay, you yeah, yeah, get a gold so. star for trying. Yes. Yeah, nice cheers, one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Burnley beat uh, Burnley lost at home to Watford 3-1 very surprising City smashed Bloodbath I believe Bloodbath I predicted uh, 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 nah 2-1 it was going to be uh, <laughs> I predicted 3-0 but Bryce got the closes there 6-1 Huddersfield at home Man City beat Huddersfield and then Crystal Palace lost at home to Liverpool 2-0 and Brighton beat Manchester United as we've spoken about for the last little bit 3-2 let's go to 
the Cardiff Newcastle game. Uh, the biggest moment of my weekend. So many was, talking points yesterday. <laughs> was um, just had everything, didn't it? Was Newcastle's inability to win the game when we have a 95th minute penalty. We're not going to stay here too long because there's other bigger teams to talk about. But uh, yeah, I'm not happy about it. Uh, perfect opportunity to win the game. No conviction in how he stepped up for the penalty. Oh yeah, I, apparently he was, was stuttering and everything. I was surprised looks... he stepped up and took it. I was hoping John Joe Shelby would step up and you know eliminate all this sort of. This reputation yeah. he has, and sort of step up and be a leader, and he just, just keep the lump out of it. The ball he? in I the can back see of the him, net, yeah. roof of the net, through the centre of the goal. You know, win us the game. He who must not be named. Yes, of course. Matt Ritchie was on the on the bench. Got subbed for the second week in a row. Hence, he didn't take the penalty. What's so happening? there? Kennedy stepped up. The loan signing from Brazil. Anyway, Chelsea, leadership yeah. issues at Newcastle at the moment. Not happy. We got a nil or draw. We should have got the win. I think he's upset, Granty. We're, we're going to move on now. Everton beat Southampton two one. Your Charleston's got another goal. Yeah, as as we all predicted, what a waste of money he was. Yeah, three three and goals two. in two games. He, so he says he yeah. wants to win the Premier League Golden Boot. <laughs> it is a marathon of a sprint, He did, he did this last man. season, though. So perfect, yeah, no. perfect for fantasy players. But if you're a fantasy player and you're listening to this, he dropped off dramatically yeah, last year. get rid of him after so 12 yeah. weeks. Yeah. 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 Come November time, maybe look to drop him. But um, <laughs> Hot tip. Yes, we'll go to Leicester and Wolves. Jamie Vardy, red card. We mentioned that already. Such non-league tackle, Al. Oh, don't be knocking non-league, mate. He came from non-league. I think that's quite fitting for Jamie Vardy. Well, what do you mean? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just noting that he he used to play non-league. I'm just noting that his his pathway to Premier League football has been amazing, and that his tackle was akin to a non-league tackle. Yeah, but you get sent off for that in non-league as well. No, no, I'm just saying it is what it's what you see more often there than in the Premier League. Is it? Are they broadcast on TV? Eh? You've played non-league, haven't you? I have, yeah. That's for how who? I know from your recounts. What was it? Havant, I've seen your highlight reel. Havant and Waterlooville. Yeah, Macclesfield as well. When I was there, that was non-league for for a bit. Um, is it is it as rough as maybe that tackle suggests? Well, have we spoken out of use, turn here? You use your fists and elbows more there. <laughs> the tackles like that. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a bit harsh on non-league football. I don't know why there's a bit of why there's that stereotype put against it, but you know, <laughs> there is. Yeah, there is obviously yeah. clearly, but it was a bad tackle. Um, like he he went for the ball, didn't he? And he's gone through the man, and he caught him at like upper ex- calf as well. Excessive force. <laughs> That's <laughs> what we'll call it. Yeah. Okay. Definite red card, by the way. All right, let's move to Tottenham, Fulham. Alexander Mitrovic. How good was goal. his goal? How funny Mitro was that? Mitro was on fire. Mitro is on fire. On the floor, on the, on all fours, gets a little header in to poke it in. I, I love the finish. Yeah. But they got um, beat 3 1. Yeah. They did get oh. beat 3 1. Uh, Lucas Moura with a belt out with his left oh. foot. Was a nice goal, wasn't it? For a winger as well. Fantastic who's playing, finish. Playing in the middle, did did a real good job. Trippier's free kick as Trippier, well. Trippier. Uh, belt. Yeah. Same, like, similar to the one in the World Cup it's as well. Stocks are rising, aren't Big they? Big time. Big time. How's this revolution of. Uh, free? Imagine Gary Neville taking a free kick 10 years ago. Gary Neville. I'm just, I'm yeah, just, that's, I'm that's just, the thing. I'm just, yeah. No, I'm just comparing the one day fullback. Look, he had Beckham in his way, mate. You never know. Gary Neville might have been unbelievable at free kicks, but Imagine he had Steve David Beckham Cut. in front David of him. David Beckham, so. Gerard Scholes, Lampard in front of him to take corners. Wow. Surely Christian Eriksen, mm. you know, Lucas Moura. Obviously, they do him in training. Eric Dyer. is the one who's putting him in Kane. the back of the net all the time. Anyway, yes, the right-back revolution of set-piece takers is continuing. Trippier with a belter. Harry Kane got his goal. He's off and up and running, isn't he, Brass? That is his first goal in August from five seasons of Premier League football and a total of 1,065 minutes on the pitch. Curse broken. Done. There you go. Slow there star. You go. Yeah. But, I mean, there he goes. No more. Continuing his fine form from last season. He got the golden boot in the World Cup, of course. So, I mean, credit to him. 
Credit to him. All guns blazing. Pow, pow. Um, West Ham, two, Bournemouth, one. What's happening there? Wasn't it Bournemouth, two? Well, sorry, Bournemouth, two, West Ham, one. All right, let's go into West Ham here. Anadovic scored, but not much cohesion. No, that, that team is all over the shop. It's like licorice all sorts. No one really fits in. I think they've got players like Felipe Anderson and then Mark Noble on the same pitch. <laughs> Wilshere and Noble can't play together. They're never in the right position. Both of them. I just think that, that midfield's are a they, mess. Are, are they too similar of a midfielder? I could You could argue that point. And Mark Noble, there's been videos coming out. Mark Noble's supposed to be the engine room for that team. And his tracking back for Callum Wilson's individual goal was pathetic. So I think they've got. There's a lot of questions around the board there. Great coach Pellegrini, but I just think they're in all sorts at the moment, and they deserve to lose to a Bournemouth side that will be okay this year. Yeah, look, I spoke about it on the last show and said that the team's just full of individuals and there's not much cohesion there. And I think yeah, that's partly why they they're not getting the results they need. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. All right, Chelsea Arsenal. We obviously had a big debate, or you two had a big debate about Ozil <laughs> last week. Uh, I'm going to fuel this Ozil <laughs> chat. We're not going to labour the point here, but this is Andy Townsend after Arsenal's match. What do you do, Owen, with this guy now? What's what's going to happen? How's this going to end? This, how's this going to play out for Meza Ozil? Because, look, he's signed a fabulous contract. Yeah. And he's signed that contract to kind of lead his team in an attacking sense. Yeah. To, to absolutely be the man, to become, to become somebody that everybody looks up to who can be the game-changer to make something happen. I don't know what on earth... What's so much of a problem for this guy at the moment to find the energy, the 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 uh, everything? Doesn't have everything, does he? No, he doesn't. Quickly here, Guendouzi's a clear star for Arsenal. They've unearthed someone. He's so happy to get on the ball, playing all their passes, and is the most vibrant in the middle. He's leading tackles and interceptions combined in the league. He's 19. And there's, he's played his first two games of top-tier football after coming from Lorient in the second division in France. He's a, he's a breakout star for me. Seems, he's yeah. doing what Shaka should be doing for Arsenal. He's got a lot of bottle and he, he's not scared, I don't think. And a great Barnet, flowing locks. Yes. I like him. Yeah, credit good. to him. Um, Ozil, quickly, didn't have another good game. They were slamming his body language after the match. He was anonymous. How much do you read into a body language of a player being a player yourself? Yeah, look, he didn't have the the best game against Chelsea. And, and yeah, look, I'm not arguing the fact that he is maybe not at the peak of his form at the moment, Bryce. Just say he has, he's not performing. At the moment. But like I said last week, there's 10 other players in the team who are underperforming as well. And Arsenal just aren't clicking at the moment for whatever reason. Um, I think the thing that you need to highlight the most out of the game from the weekend between Arsenal and Chelsea is that they probably both teams aren't in the same league as Liverpool and and Man City when it comes to maybe contending for a title because if you can the defenses are all over the place you you can't have a a first half like that with four goals leaky defenses and expect them to be consistently good as a unit throughout the whole season I don't think I, I know it's only one performance but still it's the signs are start starting to show already. Like I've said with Man United, I don't think Man United are going to be up there this year. Aubameyang should have scored many in that game and that didn't help their cause at all. Um, I mean, I had a look at Arsenal fan TV after the game and it, you know they didn't seem too displeased with the performance even though they lost and they have now lost both games to start the season. I think the biggest thing for 
Arsenal fans is under Wenger in the past few years, they didn't show that bottle to come back when the chips were down. And I think they showed that in this game. They were 2-0 down within 20, 25 minutes. Yep. Chelsea really had strangled Arsenal. And then they'd come, they came back. Mm. And I think if Aubameyang... I mean, got two tap-ins there, and there's Mkhitaryan with a simple finish. Scored that one over the bar. They all scored it. It was they had plenty of chances from the wing, and that is because Kante is not playing as a CDM. There is a hole in front of that Chelsea defence, hundred percent. So Kante's about four cut clear-cut cutbacks that Arsenal could have scored. It's because Kante's in that now more advanced role. So So for the list, yeah, Angolo Kante's been pushed up. Yeah, the World Cup champion. Yeah. yeah, and he he's made a name for himself being everywhere on a pitch and being that central defensive Breaks midfielder, it down. breaking everything down, yeah. being that protector in front of the back four. And they don't have that now, but just back on Arsenal, mm. they showed a lot of more, lot more fight and spirit in this game. They weren't fantastic by any means, but at least they were showing a bit of bottle, which I think is very encouraging for them. Yeah, and Chelsea's not the worst team in the Premier League, are no. they? So if they're getting real close, they've got plenty of chances against a team like that. Yeah, they're going to be okay against those lesser teams. I could see Arsenal going on a run. You know, come October, November time. They need a big a result lot of results to be, prove the to, catalyst to s- for them. I, I think they're going to, I don't know, I could see them, you know, having a tough first month or whatever, settling in, but I reckon they'll click come October time mm. and go on a bit of a run and bank a few points. I think when you're in a team with the likes of City, you know, Tottenham, Chelsea, you know, Liverpool, can't forget them. Um, I think that if they got to the Champions, Champions League, that would be... If Great they, achievement. If, if, being a massive achievement if Arsenal made the Champions League If they finish season. top four over, you know, Chelsea, One of those. Chelsea, United or even Chelsea. Chelsea. Huge. I think, yeah, yeah Chelsea have definitely, obviously they won, but so they've got more positives to take out the game. Um, but yeah, I just think there's still these patches that need to be um, put on put on the defence. Both um, defences, would you yeah, say, Yeah, that's what I'm saying, well, yeah. yeah. Just, I don't know, I'm just not entirely convinced by... Um, the setups and the and the way they defend. Socrates and Mustafi don't look like a good centre half pairing either for Arsenal. I think it's too slow, mm. um, and I think they're too far apart in their positioning. Much like Joachim Löw's German kind of setup, where they've got the the wing backs yep. go real push up, and the centre backs yep. are quite far apart. Yeah, and they're getting broken down in midfield, so it leaves them vulnerable. Was this modern both formation? Team, yeah, both teams are going to ship some goals this year. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. You're definitely right, but. Yeah, I think it's encouraging. I could see Arsenal going on a run, as I said, but we'll have to wait and see. Burnley lost at home to Watford. Europa League factor here. Newcastle were in the Europa League a few years back. Man, you were as well. Liverpool were there quite a few God, seasons ago, a few League. seasons back. How much does the Europa League affect sides, and especially for a smaller club like Burnley, who's got in there on one good year? See, the one the Premier League's almost cruel because if you have one good year as a smaller club, you can get up into the sixth spot. Like Burnley yeah, hurts, yeah. get in, go on a cup run, win win the cup, get into Europe, but then you're playing Thursday nights before Saturday and your prep's gone and you everyone's tired, way more games and you can't really cope, can you? I think it's very surprising. Um, Burnley last year pride themselves on their shutouts and making Turf more a bit of a fortress and they didn't lose very often there and they had plenty of those 1-0 wins yeah. and Watford don't usually score away from home so it was a bit of a, an anomaly this game but... Um, I think it's it was very surprising to see Burnley lose by that margin to Watford at home, and I think I think maybe you're right. This Europa League might already be having an impact. And there's no major changes to their back to their back line. I mean, Ward, Me, Tarkovsky, and Lotsen were all in the side last year. They've only added Joe Hart, who's of you know more caliber, you could say, than he. Or maybe not, but has been not on a anymore. higher level than the keepers that they've had. So they've surely strengthened, haven't they? But uh, yeah, look. If they had Pope in there, Pope's injured. Or Heaton. 
Heaton's on the bench, though. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're both under, I mean, had injuries and coming back from injury. I think Poked both of them, I think now. both of them in full fitness are both, they're both better than Joe Hart right now. He's regressed massively. I think we've all accepted that. I haven't personally because I think that Joe Hart could potentially put himself into England contention again if he has it. This is make or, this is make or break season. But what yeah. happened? Well, <laughs> you're giving me a start. No, no, no. I know, but I'm right. interested to hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, keep going. So, Joe Hart, I agree is nowhere near where he used to be. But, and this is it now, he's been shipped out on loan to Rome. Torino. And, you know what I mean? Torino and, in Italy. Torino, was it? Yeah. yeah, sorry. So he's been shipped out to Italy. Man City didn't want him. This is his second chance. Like he's almost born again. Do you know what I mean? Where a club has actually put faith in him. They've signed him. He's not walking in there as another team's player. He's walking in there as Burnley's player. And that mentally can have a massive positive effect on him, I think. And, I think Sean Dyche is the type of manager who say to him, if you play well and you keep getting the clean sheets or whatever, you'll carry on playing and you'll keep your number one spot. And I think if he does carry on playing well, it'll take a lot for Pope and Heaton to get back into the team. Well, Pope's out for a little while, so that won't be an issue. It'll be Heaton coming back from his season-ending injury last season to get back in the team. Heaton's quality. Mm. Th- Heaton, both Pope and Heaton have been in and around the England squad the past few years. Yeah. So there's, they've got three... England keepers potential from the past England keepers, yeah. three seasons. And I, yeah. I think Joe Hart, I've, I've got faith in him that he could maybe make it to that level again if he has a successful season. But I am saying that this is his make or break season. I think if he doesn't perform this year, then it won't have a sniff. Surely Joe Hart's got to have more uh, opportunity of getting back in the England side than Jack Butman, who's staying at Stoke. In the For me, definitely. Bit up, I mean... You can't really argue with that, can If he's you? playing. If he's playing. If yeah. he's playing. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I, yeah, I, I hope Joe Hart does well. I I'm quite like very, him. Yeah, I like it. Definitely. I just, I think Butland, I can't believe he didn't get picked up by someone. All right. I found that very surprising. We'll leave anyway. that there. Man City, Huddersfield. We won't spend too much time on this Oof. because absolute drubbing. David Silva is the man. Why not? This is some... Yeah, this, this is... is should be he, focusing for on. me, he is the best player in the Premier League to watch. At the moment. The way he goes about his business, I think he's fantastic. It's silky, it's smooth, it's graceful. His free kick was phenomenal. His turns way, turns players inside out just nonchalantly. I, mean, I think he's the best player to watch in the Premier League. Did you say it was his first free kick? First free kick goal for uh, Manchester City in the Premier League. 49 goals, I think, now he's got scored for Man City. 78 assists. And it was great seeing his um he had his uh he had his kid little baby with him who um was born prematurely and there yeah. were a lot of issues with him. So it was had great to struggles. see David Silva there with his little his little baby there. That was great to see. He was able to celebrate his uh All right, he's got he's got the most assists, hasn't he, in the Premier League? Um David Silva, I think Four. Th- 37, I think it is. And I think oh in fact yeah, the person behind him is uh Mesut Ozil. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got and then you got Aguero just banging in a hat trick. And he's now in the top t- all top ten all time Prem goal scorers. This second most hat tricks hat tricks in Premier League history, behind only. No, we're not saying it. Uh, Alan Shearer. Yeah, and he overtook a uh, good old God in Robbie Fowler to take second spot. So yes, God. Sergio Sergio. Aguero. Oh, you're having a right giraffe there, mate. <laughs> all right, let's talk about uh, Man City's tactics here because one thing of note, you guys pointed it out last week and I focused on it when I watched their game, was their inability to use the width on the right and to just give it to Mendy. Suck, oh. suck the team out onto the right flank, knock it about, this is what I thought, and then they'd play the switch pass over to Mendy who would just whip the ball in around the back. Yeah, it just seemed all the interchanging pass, give it to Mendy. Interchanging pass, nice and middle, give it. He 
is such so, a good player, if, it is ridiculous. If you're a fantasy player, I'd be doing all you could to get him in your team. Yeah, quick, smart. got him in. Got him in last week. you got to get him in. Yeah, got him in. He's, he's quality. He's unreal. They're not afraid of putting it in the box either. That's what I like about them. Yeah. See a lot of possession-based based clubs who like to recycle the ball and, and go through the middle and try try and create chances in and around the box. Man City aren't afraid of putting the ball in the box from wide areas because they know that the defence is pressed, the midfield's pressed, and the opposition are so far back and so deep that when the ball does get cleared, Man City are getting the ball back again. Do you know what I mean? So they retain the second ball when the ball is cleared if the ball from Mendy isn't isn't spot on and that's what I like about it They're, um, yeah it's like it's, it's such a good style of football to watch what does this mean Mendy's form on the left hand side what does this mean for Leroy Sane at Manchester City yeah well that's a that's a good question because Sane's stuck on the bench and they, they almost don't they've got these crafty little players like Bernardo Silva David Silva who are you know one touch passing they're not the quickest players but they're so incredibly skillful technically and then they've got phenomenal. the width from their left back who doubles as a left winger as well and it's almost like Sane's that direct left winger that we've been speaking about and he's a little bit redundant at the moment or maybe that's a big call he's but being used as an impact kind of off the bench and then Mara is really better at cutting in on the right so Sane's sort of in a bit of no man's land because Mendy's playing out of his skin Alex yeah Look, he, but he came on and did make an impact that's the important thing did, to know yeah. and it's a worry if he isn't because then it shows signs that he's maybe not in tune with the squad. Exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah, it was good. It was good to see Sane come on and get get a bit of a sniff. And obviously it was an own goal, but you could give him all the credit for for making the opportunity. So yeah, look, Guardiola's spot for choices, and he? he's got so many so many players. And oh mate, there's a plethora of talent there. I mean, yeah. he, I did. I will note, Sane does not look a happy man, and I know he had a. a Why would you be? No, exactly. That's the thing. He does not look. Look enthused, and even when he scored, because it was the only goal, maybe he was like, "Oh, a bit flat. It wasn't his, and he won't get accredited with it." But he, he's celebrated, which is not really there. He's just a bit, I don't know, seems a bit jaded. Yes, preponderous of quality players. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been waiting to crack yeah, that one out? Well, you use plethora, so I can use preponderous. And for, <laughs> for the listeners, we're going to have to throw you under the bus. He was practicing that before we went on air, so he's he's figured out a way to use it. Wait, how do I pronounce it? <laughs> <laughs> Final <laughs> final match of the round. Liverpool didn't have that banana skin like you thought they might have. They are uh, very professional performance. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, Mohamed Salah unlucky to get a goal. Did you have Wamba Saka in your fantasy team again? No, he was on my bench. Oh, you left him on your bench. Oh, yes. smart. I think this is as although um, Salah got the uh, penalty, which was contentious. I think it was quite soft. Well, I think he was there though. I thought, bit, it was, I thought by it was all very soft. accounts it is soft, and he got so he gets the assist for the for the penalty obviously winning the penalty and yeah. then he assists Mane for the the sealer at the end he had a very frustrating night seller ever ever since he got that um the, there was the booze from you know the palace fans thought he was because he was diving, diving so, in the box mate yeah. the Selhurst Park faithful were giving him giving it large to him all game and he seemed quite frustrated was lacking his golden touch but I think Mane's a man on fire yeah and Van Dyke is the most reassuring centre back I've seen in a Liverpool shirt since Sammy Hoopier Ooh. He is an absolute beast. The back wins all his aerial duels. Wins every just everything. He's so composed, and it's yeah. great to see. Klopp's come out and said that Virgil Van Dijk at seventy-five million pounds, which caused a lot of uproar at the time he was signed from Southampton, is now a bargain. Mate, which I don't 100%. think you can really argue, can you? Oh, mate, he's he's been huge for us. We've kept the most clean sheets in the Premier League since he signed for us. So I'd love to have him at United. Mm. With that, that, yeah. that, you can't have him though. I know. No, not allowed. 
We can't have anyone, can we? No, you can't. You can't get anyone either. <laughs> Bay and Lindelof. <laughs> yeah, no. James Milner, the perfect club man. He's just like the spirit of that team. I feel Milner is Mate, just like he was the class. barometer. The one if he's on, and he always tries so hard. He's had such a good career, James Milner. I will know as much as he's great, cool, calm, and collected. Starting that penalty, he looked a bit tired this game, okay. and he was rightfully taken off at 66 minutes. And Hendo came on to kind of see out the game. I think he's yeah, it was. He, I mean, had a great impact, obviously, that Peno, but he did look a bit knackered. Mm. Yeah, old J- Jimmy Milner with his big Harry Potter you know, uh, scar over his face yeah, and the yeah, stitches yeah. that just yeah. got taken out. But he's an absolute machine. I love him. He's, he's just a, a unit. I remember, I remember being in the, when I was in the U team at Pompey and Aston Villa came to, to Fratton Park and I was doing duty at the time where some the youth team players used to have a match day duty where we'd have to help clean the changing rooms and pick what, up What kit. year was this? Uh, probably 2010, 11, I'd say. So match day then. for the first team. Well, it might have been 11, 2011. So the youth team players are going to the yeah, yeah. So like we clean all, their we'd all have jobs and stuff like that. So you go on a roster and then you know like pick up the kit and give it the kit man you know for washing and stuff like that and then character you know, building you know when the boys went out for ha- at half time you'd be in the back in the changing room <laughs> drinking all the Luca's eggs and, <laughs> and eating all the Jaffa cakes and you know like nicking any oh, tape we could for the God. for the games we had on the weekend which was good um, but yeah I always remember James Milner coming down uh, with Villa and he, he he just looked an athlete an absolute machine he was ripped professional like, yeah just looking at him he was just built like so solid and just looked a real natural athlete and obviously um, he's he's knocking on a bit now but that's putting him in good stead to keep him going for so long. Mm. And he's just, you know what you're going to get from Milner. Mm. He's always going to give 100%. He's going to work his socks off. He's going to get in for challenges. He's going to create chances. Yep. I just think he's one of the more reliable players no doubt about in it. the Premier League. I completely agree with you. And he's had a few clubs, started at Leeds, Newcastle, Villa, City and Liverpool. So he's had the classic trajectory Upward trajectory sort of career. But I love th- how you've put Liverpool above uh, City there. I appreciate you. Oh, well, they're, they're on par. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I appreciate you. All right, that's uh, last weekend's games. There was a lot to, lot to take in there. We'll be back after this. G'day, this is Adam Peacock from Fox Sports. You're listening to the Shooting Zars podcast. All right, lads. We... Let's preview next weekend, but we're going to get into some quirky news later in this pod to finish it off. But next weekend's match matches, let's have a bit of a, a bit of a look at them. First off, City at home to Wolves, seven thirty again. Wolves haven't started how we kind of expected them to with the the transfers they had in with the, the Portuguese Roy Patricio and goals and João Matinho and then of course, yeah, I mean they. Against Everton, probably should have got a win against 10-man Everton with Jagielka getting set up in that first week and then losing this week. I think uh, City will make a meal of them. Get a nice away win. That's your tip, Al. What's your little tip for this run? Yeah, City, definitely. City. The, is it at the Molyneux? Yes, at the Molyneux. Great stadium, that. Good atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Wolves at home to City. City to get the away win. Bournemouth, Everton. Bournemouth to continue their winning ways. That'll be a good game. I think that'll be one is of the surprises. Is it the Vitality? Uh, yes. That'll be a cracker. Yeah, it'll be a tough one. I like. I actually quite like to see Rich Allison continue his form, and I think Everton are looking really good at the moment. Um, I like the look of them. I think they'll get a win. I'm going to tip Everton. I'm going to go two all draw. I'm going to go Bournemouth two one. Charleston. One thing we didn't talk on was uh, Everton's f- first goal in the game at the weekend against Southampton. Did you see the free kick? Remind me. Go on. Um, I think was it Sigurdsson who took it, and he played it. Like he caught a ball inside, so he it was like a training. So everyone was expecting him to shoot, and he he squared it, but cut it back. 
um, into Walcott's path. And then, oh, he might have gone to Baines, and yeah. then Baines oh, touched yeah. it to Walcott, and then Walcott put it in. How good was his, How good was Walcott's reaction? He It wasn't like, yeah, how good am I? It was like, I can't believe that pull, they got pulled off. I can't <laughs> believe <laughs> that worked. He was, was so was chuffed. It was one of the yeah. in the training ground, and like, it happened. you never expect him to put, come off, because you do try him, and then it did come off, and yeah, they all looked <laughs> a bit amazed, but it was great. It was a good goal. But everything's going to lose according to you to Bournemouth next week. Arsenal at home. Arsenal. <laughs> no, they're going to win. <laughs> they're going to win. Yeah. Sorry, I said they're going to win. Arsenal at home to West Ham. This Arsenal. Is, this Arsenal is, win. This is a very interesting game for... They have to. Two clubs sort of at the same point in their season. Definitely know? in flux, as you like to say, Stewie. Two Six. teams who both lost their opening two games, so there you go. Both so. managers under pressure, yeah. teams under pressure. Arsenal going to get their first victory, though? You'd like to think Arsenal so. Arsenal going to win at home. Yeah. Yeah, I think 2-0. Do you have a score? Do you, uh, off the top of my head, 3-1. Uh, 3-1. Uh, three one. Three one. Mm. I'm going to go 2-0 as well. Huddersfield, oh. Cardiff. Cardiff, I must say, look, having watched them play Newcastle, Josh Murphy down the left side. Didn't really understand Neil Warnock's management here. The Did Murphy brothers, how good was that scene? Murphy twin brothers got yeah. to play against each other. But That's Josh great. Murphy for Cardiff down the left side. Another maybe roughy for fantasy. Yeah. Very, very lively. Maybe against a lacklustre lack Newcastle team. Very, very lively down the left flank for Cardiff. They got one of the match. Best player by a mile. Yeah. Got taken off after 78 minutes when Newcastle were down to 10 men. Stupidly. Neil Warnock. Too early. Too at? early. Bad management. Yeah. Cardiff lost all of their momentum. Lost all control of the game. And Newcastle were the better side once he went off. And should have won the game, but they didn't. Cardiff were lucky to get a point. But Josh Murphy won to watch. Uh, Huddersfield, are they going to bounce back against Cardiff? I think they will because I don't, I I don't like Cardiff too much. That's two teams that really don't have a lot of quality and I probably won't be watching that one. Mm. I mean, so I mean, two teams that we're not expected to do no, we'll stand overly well. But um, I'm, I'm going to go a nil-nil. Yeah, drab one nil to Huddersfield, oh. I think. I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. I think, yeah, draws probably would yeah. be a fair result. Yeah. Southampton-Leicester. Leicester to get the away win. don't look great, do they? I think... Danny Ings is, I mean, he's got some threat. They've got some threat up top, but Leicester side. I Good to see Ings score. It, I mean, I love Ingsy, and he had a terrible time at Liverpool with injuries, and he showed great heart to come back, and he's a great, he just seems a great character and good person to have around the changers. I think Leicester are too good for Southampton. I think they can take a bit of confidence, though, out of trying to almost get him back into the game. I know, like, obviously Everton went 2-0 up, and they worked their way back into the game and created chances towards the end, so... I think they can take confidence from that um, and poss- possibly get... Whereas Leicester, they were maybe, I don't know, lucky to some to some extent. Like, Wolves had a number of chances, hit the bar, hit the post, um, didn't look too convincing. So, yeah, you know, mm. could What's go either t- way. Could what go either way. Going? Liverpool, Brighton, Bright- uh, Liverpool going to continue their winning ways. That's unanimous. Yeah, 3-1. Nah, Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah Brighton are in good form though. they've played really well United, Glenn no, Murray with the goal of his life that's Saturday let's go to Sunday Watford Palace Watford at home to Crystal Palace that'll be a very good game I reckon I mean Palace Palace I mean there were times against Liverpool they showed some serious quality Townsend hit the crossbar with a wicked strike on his left foot they definitely had some chances against they Liverpool they just got beaten by a much better team much they better play team bad. And I just think Zaha's against Watford, Watford are doing really well at the moment as well, following that 3-1 win at Burnley. I think that'll be a cracking game. But who's at home? Watford. I think Watford will win that 3-2. No, sorry, 2-1. Nil-nil. Nil-nil. Oh. Fulham-Burnley. Wow. Fulham. At Craven Cottage? 
yeah, got to be Fulham. Andre Scherler hopefully gets on the pitch. Newcastle, Chelsea. This is a tough one for Newcastle. They're at home at St. James's. But, uh, see, I can see them winning this one. This is the problem with this team. They could just I can see Jose like Perez scoring a winner in this well, one. He's got to change. The thing is, right, we've just signed Muto, the Japanese player, yeah. but he's playing Perez in the number 10, when I think Perez plays better off the shoulder. But he's playing Hosselu as well, and Rondon's coming off the bench. Right. So I think he needs, because he hasn't made, we've now not got a win from the first two games. He needs to make a... Give Rafa Ta- a call. Tactical change, I think. Get Benitez on the blower. Grumpy Rafa, by the way. Oh, he's, yes. Newcastle to pull this one off 1-0, I think. They're going to frustrate Chelsea. Good tip. <laughs> I said to you the other night, I said the only, the only reason if they do stay up, the only reason Newcastle will stay up is because of Rafa Benitez and because of how good yep. a manager he is. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Like you said, they're just a frustrating team, aren't they? And yeah. There's a lot of underlying issues at that club. Yeah. I think that but he complained this is another thing he's been complaining about our lack of signings and we, we've signed seven players but he hasn't played any of them yet I think he's just because it's Mike Ashley he's just never going to be happy at that club and always complain I mean I think most managers do and have in the past and will continue to do so because he's a bit of a nightmare to deal with his owner and I think Chelsea will win comfortably 3-1 I hope not Alright, round it all <laughs> off. Match of the round. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Match of the round. Manchester United versus Tottenham Hotspur at Old Trafford. Oh, this is a Monday morning. Biggin, isn't it? Monday morning, Australia time. Tottenham need to assert themselves as a top United. dog. Oh. Bounce back. Alexis yep. Sanchez back in the team. Maybe. No, he'll be back. Mourinho said after the game he doesn't expect him to be out for long. Mourinho was a late withdrawal from the weekend. He chats a lot of... Stuff so Sanchez has also put it up on social media. Oh, is is there his uh golden retrievers in the photo as well? Yeah, that's usually my favorite thing about Sanchez. He's he's just constantly got his doggos with him on the tarmac and his private jets, everything. The doggos are with him, bless him. I think uh Spurs will win 2 1, but I think this is a very crucial game to the landscape of the season. Yeah, third game in, yeah. <laughs> No, true. big time because United will go if they lose this one, three two losses, out, or yeah. three games away from the top. Well, I think you've got to give it at least five be, games. Well, but that means Tottenham will be on nine points and United will be on three. I guess yeah. it's only, yeah, it's still five games. But big game, nonetheless. Give big us game. a tip. It, it is a big game. Yeah, look, I'm just going to say United will win two now. I've got to see. What, time's that? what time is that on, Stu? 3 a.m. Western Standard Time. Oh, I'd, sta- I'd, start Ling- I'd start Lingard. <laughs> I'd start Rashford. Bin, Martial. Bin Martial. I'd play Mata in a more central role and Definitely. put Lingard on the right, maybe. Yeah, there's a, there's a few changes. Do you change the centre back pairing? A hundred percent, you change him. Phil Jones, get him back in. No, <laughs> making <laughs> facials at the back. That's that's his job. All right, that Phil is uh, the preview yeah. for next weekend uh, here with the Zars. But to finish us off here for this episode, we're going to bring a quick little segment here. This is uh, called the Stat Man. I'm Statman. Right, our good mate Al. He's got three massive stats from the weekend. Which oh, will, where should we start? Which will make you think, go. Emery, first Arsenal manager to lose first two games since caretaker Steve Burtonshaw, in his, who lost his first three games in April, March 1986. Stat. Statman. Top stat. Um, what else we got? Kennedy is one for you, Stu. Newcastle player. Yep. Missed the penalty. First player since 2010 to not make a single successful pass in a first half game of football. Which is ridiculous. It is. And my, and finally, my man Jorginho, who I bigged up 
when you played against him. Well, yeah, in the first episode, the first couple of pods. Yeah, his pass completion rate was ninety one point nine percent, and he made ninety nine passes in the game more than anyone on the pitch. Can I add one to that? Go on, Kovacic, loan sign for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Forty three passes, forty three passes completed. It's a hundred percent pass completion for him. Bosh, Bosh. Yeah, Man City had about 600 more passes than Huddersfield did. So I'm the stat man. You are the stat man. A couple of little stats to take home with you. But that has been episode three of the Shooting Zars Premier League podcast. But we're going to give a couple of shout-outs here. We're going to give a shout-out, Bryce. Yes, uh, we've got to thank uh, Henry King. Henry has done all the fantastic graphics for us throughout our World Cup podcast and our English Premier League podcast. So thanks that, Henners, and hope you enjoyed the vino we sent over for you last Friday, mate. Cheers Absolutely. King, yes. Top man. Top man. We also... Follow us on Twitter. We've now got an Instagram page as well. And big ups to all the fantasy players. Thanks, boys. Stuart Marshall here with Bryce Conway and Alex Grant. We'll be back next week. Here comes Alan Shearer.